0: You're listening to the Outdoors Group podcast. This podcast is a call to arms to get children and young people outside again. It's your one stop shop for all things outdoor, child, young person, and education related. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're delighted to be joined by one of our directors, Tom Loday, again. Previously, he came and talked to us about the importance of play and how Forest School facilitates a fantastic environment for giving young people the freedom to play. So go and check that one out if you haven't already listened. But today he's uh, come with his ecological head-on to talk about the rewilding and sustainable site management work that we're doing at our biggest woodland site in South Devon. Thanks for joining me today, Tom.
1: Well, it's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) Uh,
0: Let's start by explaining what site we're talking about and what it looked like when we acquired it and like the history of it in ecological terms.
1: Okay, so the school site is um, just outside of South Brent, which is close to the Southern edge of Dartmoor, yeah, in um, between Exeter and Plymouth, yeah, isn't so it? Really, it's part of the South Hams, darling. <laughs> and um, it was uh, it joins the A38, so one, one side of it is kind of road embankment, and that kind of like you can hear all the noise and the traffic. And then there's um, on the north side of it, there's some very steep um, grass. Fields that are about twenty acres, mm. um, and then as they hit the bottom, there's a brook called Horsebrook which is a tributary to the River Avon, um, which flows out um, down to the sea at um, uh. down the sluice bit. Um, yeah. You know, it, uh, um, big, down
0: near it? Bear Island big yeah, and yeah, Big yeah. and all that.
1: Yeah, Big and all that. So it's a beautiful little river, um, starts on Dartmoor. And so, yeah, part of that comes through by us. And so we've got the brook and then still on the north side, like moving kind of south westish ish direction, um, there's a block of woodland. Um, the original owner had a Christmas tree farm mm. And the story is that um, he had someone, you know, working and doing the kind of labouring, helping out with jobs on the farm. And this guy was getting rid of some rubbish and clearing up some brush or something and lit a little fire. And the fire um, did like a flash burn through the forest and damaged the Christmas tree. So they were rendered unsaleable. Um, So the guy just left them. Um,
0: didn't
1: bother doing anything else no so it's no and so they're Norwegian spruce mm. um, so and now was, they're huge <laughs> yeah they're, they're huge um and some of them are like pushing through and becoming like outcrowding the ones that are smaller and didn't mm. kind of grow as fast so there there is like a certain slow amount of natural thinning happening but it's you know a monoculture essentially and that's about 15 acres of monoculture mm. um i mean it's not completely like null and void of wildlife um it does have some nice like structures for birds to nest in and there's you know pollen and bits and pieces from the um what they call the little pine cone things yeah and pine cones well not pine cones but <laughs> spruce cones i don't even call them you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, they look like pine I mean. cones but they're not from are they're deer um, there are, we do, there are some roe deer that mm. frequent. Um, they kind of roam through. Sometimes you see them early in the morning, just like on the edges of the fields, yeah. um, having a little nibble. Sometimes if you're lucky, you see a little heron Um, down in the brook as there's well. There's a buzzard, isn't there? Right there's there. a buzzard and there's some <laughs> <My> jays <favourite. laughs> and um, it's all the kind of like standard kind of garden birds, mm. Um, you know, your tits and thrushes and all that kind of stuff. Um we've seen a fox and we've got some active badger sets, which is really cool. cool. Yeah. Um so the fields, yeah, they're grazed. They were grazed, but like having started a school there, we're like we're not gonna continue grazing and have like livestock management because, you know, it takes so much time and energy to get a school up and running Mm. and, you know, like
0: Oh, yeah, we should have mentioned what we were using the site for now, didn't we? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I just realised we didn't say that. The outdoor school has got its site there. How many kids are there?
1: At the moment, there's about 22 learners at the moment, I think, off the top of my head. Um, So there's about 22 learners and... That equates to, like, 40 staff, maybe? No. More, less? Less. Less. There's there's a two-to-one ratio, so... Oh, right, yeah. But there's, like, management kind of roles Mm. as well, so... I think there'll be maybe fifteen, sixteen stuff at the moment. So you've got about forty people on site most days. Yeah. Yeah, it's about forty people on site. Mm. Um and then there's an area on the like the south side of the river, which is more um well one end is quite marshy. Okay. And quite damp. And then as it kind of rises up the valley on the other side it kind of dries out a little bit and um we've been kind of topping areas of that. So topping is like a lawnmower and tractor um, in simple terms. And so we've made a little play areas for running So when around you say games.
0: topping, what do you mean? You've been taking cutting,
1: Yeah, just cutting the grass and just okay. leaving it where it is. Okay. To um, mulch down. Mulch down. And then the, the rest of it, we've just pretty much just left to do its wild thing. And yeah. You know, it's not like... It is sort of scrubbing over. So grass like does do well for like like regenerating and like Mm. being eaten and chomped and then sprouting new fresh stuff rather than having like the old grass like stagnant and kind of clumping up and getting all clumpy um and then yeah there's a a, another little patch of more of this Norwegian spruce on that on that that south side and then you kind of get up there's a basically a, a dilapidated barn um quite a big barn it's quite a big barn but it's like pretty useless because it's like knackered mm. um and it's just a concrete block and yeah. um pretty dodge um <laughs> so that's like out of bounds apart from for me where i need to park my tractor um and then there's a bungalow which we use as like office space and like therapeutic stuff mm. right so if you need like a quiet room for therapeutic intervention, that kind of stuff. And a
0: kitchen.
1: Kitchen, um, dry place to store library books Mm. and that kind of stuff. And yeah, kitchen and um, yeah, just general run of the mill kind of operational stuff. Mm. And then behind all that on the very top paddock um, is about four acre little paddock. And that has the borehole. So that's where we pump the water from, which gets filtered and um there's a few old like derelict kind of concrete buildings where the previous occupier had kept like ducks and chickens uh, and okay bits and pieces um mm. and yeah when when well, I first viewed the site they even had they had a horse oh uh, okay um but that yeah they got old and passed away and then they would graze um a few cattle um I can't remember what type of cattle they were um Maybe Devon Reds or something. Okay. I can't remember. Or well, maybe Angus. I can't remember. um But I think you st- if you go on Google Maps and you stand at the gateway and yeah. on Street View, if you look over to the fields, I think you can still see some of the castle can because it hasn't, oh, cool. yet, so, it hasn't been updated yet. So hasn't been updated. Yeah, that's uh, that's an overview. A, of the a good enough yeah. description. That yeah. Might, no, I think like so. setting the context, it sets of, a picture, of, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, before we dial down into specifics of all the things that you're getting up to on the land, which is quite a lot, what's your kind of overarching vision for the site, what you're hoping to achieve in terms of, like, biodiversity and rewilding, which I know are, like, yeah. trendy terms, but, like... So, yeah,
1: it's it's got to be, like, this multifunctional space, like, primarily is it a school, and this area is for the learners, like, Yeah, and so they're at the heart of this decision-making, mm. and... We also have to have that in the context of our world and our natural environment and Mm. the kind of respect and the responsibility we have as as stewards towards that. So as a company, we have have the aim of becoming like carbon net zero. Yeah. So we're never going to completely eliminate carbon from our situation because... Mm. It's just impractical. If we can find a way of, like, offsetting and kind of balancing that and reducing that, Mm. then that would, you know, that is part of the strategic plan. And we also, in our strategic plan, have um, the aim to uplift the biodiversity of our sites. Okay. Um, So, yeah, you've got to to take a baseline of, like, what's there and then how do we increase that amount. Mm.
0: Um, Have you done the baseline already, or
1: not yet? um, As part of the... Um, purchase um, and planning permission and all that you have to do a preliminary ecological survey which is not it's not like a, an amazing like really super detailed survey like over the mm-hmm. seasons and stuff but it's like we've got this fine balance of like how much to kind of spend on those things because mm-hmm. like our revenue that we have for the contracts needs to be spent alone so we can we can do little bits here and there but mm. we can't really detract the money from what it's all intended yeah, for either yeah, yeah. so there's this little balancing act so we've got to kind of find a way to do all these things like low cost yeah um but one of the pieces of advice i've been given um is to stand in the same spot each year mm. and get your phone and Take a load of series of photographs or panoramas. Yeah. And then you kind of got like a solid like baseline of. What so, it's talking yeah, like. Yeah. So if you guys you know want to get doing this stuff at home, people listening, like one of the cool things you can do, like pretty much everyone's got like a camera phone mm. these days. Just start taking regular pictures from like the same spot. Yeah. And so that's one way we're going to try and do it. That's cool. And presumably
0: um, the learners can get involved in that.
1: Yeah, the learners can get involved, and um, yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where we try to be like learner-led. So it's like it's like when it's like initiated by them, but mm. they've um, they've been discovering the hazelnut shells, and you have if you look at them the way they've been chewed, you can see which type of mouse or and no animal. way that's so yeah, old. so you have to look at the bite pattern. Okay, and so you have to have a nice neat round hole yeah it's, and i think you have to look at the the angle of the way the teeth have yeah. gone in but I, we're 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 fairly confident we might have dormice there oh that's really that's cool. really cool yeah, yeah. Cause they're so, endangered up, aren't they Uh yeah i think they definitely used to be on like the uk biodiversity action plan kind mm-hmm. of list of i'm not sure exactly their current status but yeah. i'm pretty sure they are protected yeah uh, i think you need a you definitely used to anyway. It's been a while since I've been in the ecological world of mm. like up to date, but you definitely used to have like ha- have a handler's handler's license. Yeah, no, I'm sure them. that someone so, recently told, told me
0: that you can hold um dormice. So. Yeah,
1: which is hard. They look so cute. You just want to hold them. <laughs>
0: they're quite small though, right?
1: Like they're really cute. small. Yeah, but they are cute. they're cute. I'm worried about squishing them. Well, I think yeah, you have to be gentle. Don't you? <laughs> you can't just go mashing them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, sorry I got distracted by the dormice but let's go and start breaking down the different elements of the site so let's talk about the trees at the moment so we mentioned that it was a Christmas tree plantation yeah so how can we and indeed how are we already kind of sustainably and sensitively changing that habitat to something that would be more naturally found on the edge of Dartmoor
1: yeah so we have we have a woodland management plan Mm. Um, so I think that's like a good starting point, like make a plan. Yeah. Um, where we're going to thin to like twenty five percent to start with. So, what's
0: already there? Yeah. Or oh, hang on, so thinning taking means taking out twenty five percent, or yeah,
1: taking out like twenty okay. five percent. Because at the moment, um, I don't know if like if anyone's ever been to a Christmas tree farm where they go and you know select the actual one you want for Christmas mm. from the field. Um, they're really close, packed together. Mm. Uh, but then, as trees grow up, they grow out as well yeah. and so they crowd each other so they've been spaced so that they were commercially kind of you get as many in as you can for christmas trees which yeah. is what their design that management plan originally was for mm. um and so um we need to s- start making space because yeah. at the moment if we planted um some little saplings of native hardwoods like a little oak tree sapling for example yeah. it, it just wouldn't get the light and the dying. nutrients yeah. and bit so yeah so we need to, the first stage is thinning. Yeah. Um, which, uh, again, it costs money. Mm. So we're doing it like little by little. Um, and we're also, to kind of make that happen a bit faster and a bit cheaper, um, offered the um, felling for people doing chainsaw instructing. Oh, that's cool. So I've been talking to a local um, chainsaw trainer yeah if that's what they're called um really lovely guy and yeah he's happy you know we get like you'd have groups of about six people mm. learn it, and they have to like keep practicing those cuts to make sure they're safe and they are yeah. competent at it so it's like oh, you've got 15 acres of super densely planted you can have as much practice as you like so, yeah um so you would do it 25 percent to start with because then um The at the moment they're growing like being used to the amount of wind and push from the wind, yeah. And so, if you do it little by little, then they can like readjust themselves over time and like anchor down a bit tighter if they need to. So if you do it slowly, slowly, slowly. So if you
0: did it really quick, you'd be at risk of them like falling over in the wind. Yeah,
1: which is which is kind of fine if Mm. you want them like over eventually. I don't want to like completely eliminate Norwegian Norwegian spruce, (laughs) but. Um, I do want to have that, like, proper mix. Yeah, Um, so
0: what are you planting there? Um, So,
1: well, the plan, and this is one of the plans, is, and this is going back to the previous bit of the conversation, where the Christmas tree plantation was, was on what was fields. Okay. And so there are a few very old um, Devon kind of bank, hedge banks. Okay. And there are one or two kind of native hardwoods just like kind of hanging on in there. Hang on for dear life. So what we've discussed is to have our thinning operations closest to those mm. um, trees, which is called like halo thinning. So you thin around oh, those. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then we're hoping the natural regeneration, the natural regen, mm. will start happening so if we just allow the space for nature to do its thing mm. then we're hoping that that will happen more okay. naturally that yeah that was the question no
0: I said what I said what are you yeah. gonna replant it with so you're saying yeah. there's already some native trees there. yeah
1: we're trying to replant it with native um, things and then I have been researching as well of um, you get air pruning. Um, tree nursery, so you can basically make a big wooden... pruning. Yeah, so you make a big wooden box, Mm. like out of some old scaffold planks or something like that. And then you put some mesh underneath it to hold the soil in, Mm. but then you kind of lift it up a little bit off the ground, so you've got, like, a box with mesh and then, like, an air gap. Okay. And then when the roots hit the air, um, so you plant plant seeds in it... Mm. And then they grow down, and when those tap roots hit the air, they stop growing downwards and they start growing out a nice little... Oh, OK. And so you can you can grow a lot of um, trees very cheaply and very, like, healthy, kind of big, nice root lumps. Yeah. Um,
0: that's really clever.
1: It is really clever. And that's just, like, the, the internet. Like, I've never heard why, of it. Why
0: do they grow out rather than
1: down when they hit well, the I air? Well, I think... Well, they, they just... There's, the the natural... Tendency. Nature has gone okay. well. There's nothing down there for me, so, so I'm I, like I go may as well out, go so yeah, outwards, fine. and oh, okay. you just kind of, yeah. Okay. Um. So you can grow like quite a large amount of young trees. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's like a limit to how long they all survive in there, mm. but just enough to like get that initial bit. So, mm. um, if this year I can make those boxes ready for, um, ready for the autumn, winter. Yeah. Like seed collecting. Yeah. And then.
0: You can have a
1: go this winter. Yeah, so we go scavenging some scrap wood from around the place. And nice. Bolting it all together and...
0: Yeah. Making your boxes. Do it on the cheap, yeah. And it's yeah. just
1: sort of like... It's just so low-tech, you know, mm. like... Everyone can get involved in that
0: yeah.
1: kind of stuff. So it's cool project yeah that's really cool if no one's else interested to do it by myself
0: (laughs) i'm sure you'll find a couple of willing volunteers yeah there is yeah definitely so the the thinning doing what what we're doing with the timber
1: that's being taken down
0: the the chainsaw guy doesn't want to take it with him
1: no um that is basically the cost of extraction is Either equal to or greater than the value of the timber. Okay. Um. So it stays there mostly. Yeah, at the moment. Um, but I think we'll look into how we can process it and use it Mm. for ourselves for firewood. Mm.
0: Um. Do we use uh, some of it for building structures though, around the company? I
1: think they they have done, but not. I think we tend to try and use what's on site, or sometimes you know just have to buy like. Um, you know, a lot of the structures the guys are building at the moment are like compost loose where they Mm. need um, milled timber planks rather than like building in the round. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just because of that's the way it the design process. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's fair enough.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, but it would at the moment we, you know, we can let it rot and all the insects and the invertebrates Mm -hmm. and stuff will start to decompose it over time. Yeah. Um, But yeah, ideally it would be nice to have a use for it Mm. um and i would like to keep the larger kind of trees that have become more established Mm. um let them grow on so that maybe in the future someone else can turn them into like planks of wood that are kind of more useful
0: useful to people Um, yeah
1: but yeah spindly little kind of too big to be Christmas trees, but too small to be planks. So like, <laughs> not much good to anyone. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, like if anyone wants any teepee poles, like <laughs> help us <yourself>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know where we are.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Um, whilst we're on trees, you're also the thing that you're quite excited about is planning an orchard, isn't it? Yeah. So tell us about your orchard. Well,
1: I. I say it's yours. I mean, I know I say it's yeah. Well, but I feel like I'm commandeering so the about... space because it's like. Is the is the paddock behind the house which mm. is closest to the A thirty eight and it's just like Not suitable for learners. Yeah. No, it's just noisy and kind of yeah, and I want it. <laughs> it is <laughs> there's noisy and it needs like better fencing and infrastructure and that yeah. kind of stuff. So maybe in the future, but I don't want it to be kind of sat idle doing nothing, doing nothing yeah. in the meantime. So it's like, Well, what can it be? What would mm. be what would be useful? What would be beautiful? What would what would the future need? Mm. And it's like, Well, man, you know, I love apples. It's so delicious. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, campfire cooking, you can't get better than, like, apple crumble. Like, mm. this cold, frosty morning or something. And then yeah. you get some, get some apple. Or even just toasted apples on the fire. Yeah, I like when you
0: peel them and dip them in cinnamon. And
1: yeah. then toast that. And you could even just, like, pretty much poke them on a stick. And, and just, just shove roast them on the fire. So, yeah, so just apples, not
0: pears and plums or anything else.
1: Um, yeah, well yeah, well, yeah, if I can find some pears and what have you, mm. I think, yeah, well, yeah, definitely all of it. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, I want to make an orchard, mm. but again, don't have very much money. Mm. So it was like, oh, I have to research into this. I've got a few friends that are, have orchards and kind of, you know, I wouldn't call them orchardists, but they have, you know, yeah. they've done, they've done the thing that yes. is and um, then do some online research and so it sent me down this whole rabbit warren of like is that rabbit hole or, yeah yeah rabbit hole yeah, yeah, yeah it sent me yeah, down yeah. the rabbit, rabbit, rabbit warren the ra- rabbit hole rabbit hole you're
0: thinking I've gone down terms. the whole warren yeah, yeah, yeah not yeah. just the whole
1: I've, <laughs> I've gone um, and it's just like opened up my world to these like amazing things that we have Um like give me an example well it's apples right yeah grow on trees <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> literally go <going>. on <laughs> no the cool thing is I like them out is just like gazillions of different varieties mm. and if you wanted to you can breed your own varieties okay and they come in different shapes and different sizes mm. um and all different tastes and textures and flavours and colours and you know, it's like a whole a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Once you kind of your eyes are open to it, you can't like not <laughs> see it. And I like in in the autumn, when I'm like driving down the road, you can kind of see where people have chucked apple cores. Yeah, I out. love that when they like, yeah up on the side of the yeah, motorway. I mean, like, yeah, like yeah, that could be a whole new breed of apple. know. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: My friends have got an orchard, and we went there to help pick. And they said, he said, "Oh, hand this apple here. Is honestly the most delicious apple I've yeah. ever tasted." And I picked one off the ground. Later on when he'd gone and I said, oh, Rob, I don't, I'm sorry, been an alarm going off, so I don't know how to stop Ooh. that, let's put that away. Um, and he, I picked it off from the ground and I was like, oh, it's alright, but like, you know, it's no dice, whatever. And um, I went and found them. I said, "Rob, that apple's all right, but like, it's not the best apple I've ever had." And he said, "Do you pick it from the tree or the ground?" I said, "Oh, just windfall." He went, "No, no, it only tastes nice when you pick it from the tree." Yeah. I was like, "What magic is this?" And so I went and picked one from the tree, and honestly, most delicious apple I've ever had. But how can it taste so much better while it's still on the tree versus on the floor? Right, no well, yeah,
1: but it's how the the sugars affect over time. Just, isn't It, it? Absolute So absolutely magic. Like, yeah. yeah. So if you, I remember the one of the first times I, I picked sweet corn like mm. off like corn on the cob. Yeah. And you can just bite into it fresh, you don't need to cook it. Mm. And it's like it's a completely different thing. Like all the time, all my life I'd had sweet corn from like the supermarket yeah. or from tins or what mm. have you. And it's like, why why is it like this? Yeah. And it's like as soon as you pick sweet corn, mm. and it's probably like similar for apples, like the the sugar starts reverting to starches. Yeah. And so it becomes blander. Change
0: the taste, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: So um how long it's been hung on the tree, mm. how like how much exposure it has to yeah. the sunlight all changes all like heavier. the taste profile of your mm. apples.
0: I went back this year and he said how we found a new variety that we'd missed last year and um, tastes like pineapples and I was like, alright oh, and honestly it did. It was yeah. like the most tasty apple ever. I was like, ooh, pineapple nice. apple, I love it. So I have to find out what variety that is for you so you can grow me a pineapple tree. Well what a pi- pineapple apple, <laughs> apple. tree. Pineapple apple. A pineapple apple. Pineapple apple
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd love a pineapple apple. I think that's a YouTube um,
0: video, isn't it? Well, what?
1: Yeah. Well, this. Well, this is the thing. So, what we can actually do is mm. grow that tree for you. Yeah. So, what we need. What I've ordered. Yeah. This is like the cheap way of doing it. Okay. Because this is like so I've I've spent a bit of my own hard earned cash, but this is going to satisfy my own itch. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I've I've ordered some rootstocks. What are rootstocks? So rootstocks are. Um, apple trees yeah okay but they're all like categorized into um like a system and depending on what kind of code they are mm. it will tell you how large that tree will grow okay so you choose a root stock in terms of um like if you want a short tree that you can reach and yeah. it might be nicer for the learners mm. to be able to just reach and pick them um so that might be like commercial like m9 okay and if you want like um a big tall apple tree and big wide and then potentially you know you might choose that option so you could like graze animals underneath or yeah. if you're a cider farming just kind of letting the apples drop anyway yeah you don't need to like go up into a big tree and pick mm. them in the same way um that could work for you yeah and um like the smaller trees. Um, they they come into fruit earlier. Okay. So you don't have to wait so long from the time you plant them, there'll be a couple of years and then you'll start getting a few fruit and then the next few years you'll get more and more until yeah. they kind of reach their kind of full natural size. Whereas like a big kind of standard tree will take much longer to mm. get like a decent crop of apples from. Yeah, yeah. But um the big the big old trees will probably last a bit longer and um they don't need like stakes and support and that kind of stuff. So mm. there's all these different kind of characteristics that you can you can choose. Yeah. And what have you gone for? So I've gone from some M9s, so the short ones. So the learners can reach them. So the learners can reach them and um I think it's just good to like I'm I'm learning as well, so I want to do a little bit and then I've gone for like a middle size one, which is um, M111, Okay, which is like a medium-sized tree, but it's like the medium size where it doesn't tend to need staking and support. So okay. I'm thinking, well, if I don't get around to it, and that's like another cost and another bit of energy, mm. is like going around staking them make sure they're all right. Mm. So I've kind of got the smallest I can get away with without the extra yeah. faff and the extra effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've also read somewhere, which I'm really keen on trying, is... Um, grafting a bit of the M9 on top of an M11 and then you're kind of scion the, the variety of apple that you want so you kind of have like a sandwich of three okay. different bits so I think the idea is you get like the strength of the M11 that doesn't need steak you, yeah. know, you get a kind of a, the vigorous kind of growth from the M9 yeah. and then you get the flavour of whatever scion so kind of, what's scion? so scion is basically the type of apple in simple terms
0: okay and how do you how do you stick it onto the rootstock
1: you graft it how do you do that so um, there are a number of different cuts. I've been practising them okay. so I'm, this is like my learning journey and it's mm. nice that you know we have these expectations of the learners that they should be learning and it's like mm. well I need to be learning I need yeah, to yeah. be following my project and what I'm inspired to do so I've gone out oh, I need to I need to make this orchard. I have hardly any money to mm. spend on it so I've got to do it this cheap way. All right. To do that, I have to learn to graft. So I can't practice on the the, expen- the stuff I've spent yeah. on. So I've gone to the hedge and I've just got twigs. Yeah. And then cut the twigs and then try to stick them back together. <laughs> when you say stick them, are you yeah, like tying so, them? You're like yeah, you're so using you cut, glue. You, well, yeah, you can use like... Um, so you cut... um If you just cut an angle in a stick... yeah then there's another angle the like the bit that you've cut off yeah, is the yeah. exact same angle that matches it mm. so you've got to kind of cut one end of your rootstock at that angle and then yours. and then you've got to scion, try and, yeah, yeah yeah trying to match the sign at that and mm. then you can put another and you can just tie them together like that but you've yeah. got to try and match the thickness as well because okay. the living kind of part of the tree is in that just under the bark layer okay, the yeah. cambium layer so if you try and get the cambiums to match yeah and and more than, to uh, yeah and then bind them together okay. and if you kind of do it kind of late winter early spring just as a tree is starting to grow it's okay. like the the least time of having that wound open before like the tree starts to wake up and heal itself again so okay. it's getting about so that when time will you beginning. do that um as soon as they arrive so i'm going to see a friend who has an orchard uh on friday so in a couple of days time yeah from this recording and so i've done a deal i've said right. Well, I'll help you prune and do yeah. this in pieces and now I'm going to steal bits off the bits that I prune. Yeah. Um, nice. Uh, yeah.
0: That's exciting. Can I come and watch you graft them? I'm really intrigued.
1: Yeah, you can have a go. <laughs> oh, I don't want to ruin your expensive rootstock. Well, it's not expensive. They're like, you know, they're like two pounds or <laughs> oh, okay. something like, you know. I mean, if you don't do it perfectly, then you can just like go back a little bit and... And do it again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so can, exciting. Yeah, we can totally have a go. That's awesome. But then, okay... I'll give you the root straw, but you have to bring the pineapple apple. But I will see if I can get that.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm out. I'm actually there on Saturday, so I'll ask them very you nicely. the pineapple apple ones. I'm at the pineapple apple, yeah. So I will um, see if they'll let me take a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. I've, I was, like, looking for a pen to write on my hand. I'll do, remember pineapple after the podcast. So, yeah, on. you have to get, like, last year's growth, ideally.
1: Okay. So it's
0: the... Nice. Cylon, do you say it?
1: Was like, Cylon. So it's a bit like, spelt a bit like science with a strange little C sneaked in there. Oh, I'm just going to do it like that for yeah. now. <laughs> I remind yeah, myself. just without that. Yeah, S-C-I-O-N. All right, then. Yeah. Nice.
0: Awesome. All right, I think I've talked enough about apples, although that is very well, exciting. I don't, I don't think we have, What no. else do you, yeah. else I mean, do you like, want to talk about apples? Well,
1: apples are amazing. And I think <laughs> I think it's like all the folklore and stuff as well. It's yeah. like you get people like out in Devon these days and they go out wassailing and stuff like I was just
0: that. about to say about wassailing. Yeah, I don't yeah. know I really understand what it is.
1: Well... I'd, I'd, I think the probably the roots of all this, as it were... Like pagan things, yeah. Yeah, would probably go, like, way back, like, mm. old as the hills, you know. Because
0: um, something about... I bought a friend an apple tree and she was saying about we need to...
1: Yeah, it's a kind of bless it or... Yeah, do
0: something to bless it. she you yeah. say poor apple,
1: didn't I? it? can't be poor apple juice on it. Yeah yeah, yeah. Cider.
0: Cider. Oh, cider,
1: yeah, yeah, poor yeah, yeah, cider. cider, yeah. cider and it. a toast, randomly, as yeah. well. What, and toast some, as in, like, bread? Yeah, toast, yeah, bread, and, like, put it on the... Oh, OK. I, so... This is, you know, like yeah. whoever first thought of doing that to ward off the evil spirits and stuff, genius. <laughs> like, cider and obviously, toast. well, Um, cider and toast, toast works for for everyone warding off evil spirits, but you know, and some people like shoot um, shotguns and mm. stuff like that, which is probably like a more modern addition, obviously. Yeah. But, um. Maybe we can yeah. use
0: Nerf guns
1: instead. Yeah, we could just shoot some Nerf guns at as apple trees. <laughs> as long as we find the bullets. As long as we're having fun, you yeah. know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure
0: I'd rather do that than a shotgun.
1: But yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Like you know, I don't think there are any real hard and fast rules when it comes to boistering. Okay. But I think yeah, it's nice to bless the apple trees and and kind of ward off the evil spirits. But I think you know maybe looking back in time, if you know that's like a good like amount of energy and mm. like sustenance that you need, and yeah. so. Um, you know, harvest can depend a lot on the year. Mm. Um, so if you have um, a late frost, for example, it can damage the apple blossoms. Oh, yeah, okay. And so there's there's actually a, a and I'm not going to tell the story particularly well, but there's um, a place in Devon called Crediton. Mm. And the story was that, um, uh, I think it was like a, a priest or a monk or someone who was a who brewed beer okay um did a pact with the devil to, For his um, beer to taste good no to um to create um to ruin the harvest blossom okay. and so some there's occasionally it happens where in um i think it must be around may time mm. you get like three hard frosts in a row just mm. like randomly mm. um you know there's sort of they sort of not getting as severe normally, but occasionally you just get three in a row that like really affect their apple blossom. Yeah, and then then no one's having as much cider, so they will have to drink more beer. Ah. and so if we get three hard frosts in a row, we call it Franklin's frost. A
0: Franklin's frost. So that was the yeah. name of the guy, Franklin yeah. from Crediton.
1: Because I think you know, if you especially if you're working on the fields and that kind yeah. of stuff, and part of your wage or kind of compensation. Mm is cider. Yeah. So, you know, it's quite important, like, trade. And I think even now, like, the tax exemption, I better not say that because we've got Tories in (laughs) power They don't put that much tax on cider. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Well, compared Um, to everything else. Yeah, I think you can do, like, something like 10 like thousand gallons or something. Don't actually quote me on this, like check <laughs> with your accountant. But you can make a lot of cider before yeah. you get taxed on it. Oh, because it's like it's kind of like a commodity for like trading yeah. in agriculture. Yeah.
0: Ah, yeah. oh, that's so interesting. It's
1: cool, isn't it? That's
0: cool. You're to plant these cider apples or just eating apples.
1: Um I mean all apples can like turn into cider. Okay.
0: Why do people talk specifically Is, like, there's some varieties that are just ones that people use for cider that yeah, are very really nice
1: to eat. Yeah, I mean they're not that nice to eat t- t- But they, when they actually do juice down and Mm. kind of ferment, they actually do taste nice and often they're much bigger so you get more more kind of juice Juice for that and sometimes the, um, some qualities that people look for in a cider apple is like having like tougher skin Mm. but like squashier inside so when Mm. you're in the press, the skin kind of gets left behind but all the juice squeezes out easily yeah okay and so there's the, those kind of qualities that's probably easier
0: to clean your press out
1: yeah I guess maybe. so and you just get better extraction as well so okay. yeah all of those reasons all are good reasons things.
0: yeah ah, that's cool maybe I will move it on briefly from apples unless oh. it's oh sorry oh. do you have got more you'd like to tell me no no no, 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 no. no. well I was just going to say because um, you mentioned you know, they used to graze there but you have also told me that you are thinking about bringing cattle back in yeah. for grazing so tell us about that how's that going to benefit the natural pasture land pasture land Well um
1: how to tackle that's like a, I know it seems like a straightforward like question mm. but it's like everything's related to everything mm. and symbiotic Yeah and it's like you know cattle grazing everywhere all the time everything is not good for wildlife mm. but um so how do I introduce this story? So we're looking at, we've been trying to figure out a way to make that like north hillside of um, the farm uh, like manageable. It's mm. so steep that you'd never, you wouldn't be able to safely operate any machinery on mm. there. Um, so one of the things, one of the ideas that we've played with is just plan kind it of up with woodland. Mm. But we've already kind of, got areas of woodland that we're going to convert back into native woodland yeah and with biodiversity you kind of like you want this tapestry yeah and that's what you're kind of looking for so Mm. we're we're quite keen to keep it as grassland but then how do you manage it how do you manage it can't really have a mechanical Mm. um means of doing it well there are but then it starts to get expensive Mm. um and or unsafe so not really viable, but possible mm. um, so then I went to a local rewilding network, I think mm. um, but run by they operate out near sharpham, but it's part of the national network of like rewilding or something yeah. like that um and they got some local landowners. And I thought well, I'd better go and find out what other people are doing mm. and they um let us know there was a company or some people locally um called cows and clover and they have that's cute yeah they they do conservation grazing oh, okay. as their kind of um, their bag yeah their bag and so they've um they've got a herd of dexter cattle which mm-hmm. are honestly they are um, <laughs> i went i went last week uh um do a stock check with them to find out what the, the ins and outs and yeah. how they kind of operate and if it would work with us and I fell in love with <laughs> this <laughs> and they had some like Galloways not belted Galloways but they're like Galloways with a stripe going the other way yeah. I not what they call them but they're beautiful um yeah they're, they're kind of really small cows mm. and they're really hardy and yeah they can just kind of sit out all winter yeah. long in this climate anyway and um you know, they don't get too unwell easily. So you don't need like lots of vet bills and that kind of stuff. Um, So the
0: company will bring them in and do the the animal
1: management. Yeah. They'll do the management of it. Mm. And then, um, the other side of the story is like, how do we make all that kind of work and not, it costs money that should be Mm. spent on learners. So, um, there's new legislation just about to come in, I think on like the 1st of February Okay. where new developments need to have an uplift in biodiversity. Okay. And if for whatever reason, they're not able to create a large enough uplift, mm. they can basically contract that out. Mm. Um, and a company we're going to work with called Biogames has, um, they're trained Ecologist, So mm. they can do like a baseline survey. So we get yeah. a baseline survey. Yeah, baseline survey. And then they can sell, they, then they can put in a, a management strategy. Mm. And then that uplift that they create from increasing the biodiversity can be bought by a developer to yeah. offset their uh, biodiversity. That's so clever. Yeah. And so between us as the kind of landowner... Yeah, the ecologists and kind of um, that bit and mm. the cows and clover. So we've kind of all got together to try yeah. and make this happen. So fingers crossed. Touch word. It all looks kind of positive. That's that really going exciting. If it doesn't happen, I'll be so gutted because I'm, really I'm already in love with them. I'm so in love with them. Oh. They just like they just like they're well up for having. Cause they because they. They're not operating to to farm like they yeah. do they yeah. do have like a bit of beef from mm. the herd to keep the the fresh kind of yeah. flow of genetics and everything mm. and you know, whatever their mm. thing is. But their main thing is grazing so that largely to make their life easy and obviously they love the animals mm. as well. They they've pretty much just left t- them. Yeah. yeah, they're quite tame and stuff, yeah. so they do the stock checks and a guy, you know, uh John took me out and was just like just stand with them for about yeah. five minutes and just spend that time to observe mm. them. And then he's just like showing me what he's kind of looking for and looking at their eyes, looking how they're yeah. moving, and yeah, that's lush. Yeah, it's really cool. So we're gonna
0: lose you to all our meetings for a bit because you'll be off with the
1: cows. Yeah, I'll be. Oh, sorry. Uh, I think a I'm stuck cow in traffic. <laughs> yeah, stuck in traffic. The really sad today. Needs a hug. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know that's Like the other year, we had one of the neighbours cows actually get into to the site oh yeah and then we found like a learner just like reading a story to a cow oh that's so, so cute it's, it's like we have therapy <laughs> so, like, dogs so, so, so don't be like on, therapy cows a therapy cow oh, honestly yeah. i think it's like the next big thing yeah you go, like equine therapy it's mm. like bovine therapy yeah it's like that's the next thing yeah. i i think it's going to be even even more effective. Honestly, it works for me. Yeah. Oh, excellent. <laughs> I just still love the therapy dogs. <laughs> okay.
0: So cows, that's very exciting, but why yeah. not other animals? Why
1: not goats? Um, so I think it, there are a few reasons why cows are preferable. A, the temperament of the cows. Mm. Um, they're really kind of generally quite placid. Docile. Docile. I think the way that they graze is beneficial for what we're trying to get with the wildflowers, um, and so we're not going to graze all year round. There's going to be like a a rest period while the flowers um, establish and then seed, so that they can do that mm. um, part of the reproductive kind of process. Yeah. Um, and the cows' hooves, I think they help make little prints and stuff that are useful for the um, the seeds to uh, okay. like, land in. Yeah. Um, so that may and yeah, I don't think there's like a a no goat thing but I think the way that the cows work the way they agitate and make small um, what we call it like disturbances mm. is like what the ecologists have advised is the way forward yeah but in terms of goats like why not but as long as they don't eat my apple trees <laughs> but then oh yeah you're
0: worried about the deer eating apple trees
1: yeah I am so I think that's one of the reasons why I'm um, going to have some I don't think i said but we'll try and get some m25 rootstock as mm. well so we're gonna have tall apple trees that um goats and deer and what have you can't, can't reach. get to okay so then that might be you know another reason for choosing a different rootstock type yeah
0: Haven't thought about the deer um we've mentioned quite a lot that the site's currently used for the outdoor school and so with learners and staff there five days a week obviously you've got to balance your kind of site management improvement with not interrupting that work because as you said that's kind of the priority yeah what challenges but also benefits does it bring to kind of doing it in uh like symbiosis with the school
1: um well I think one of the challenges is well you know we're going to have to put in some fencing and bits of infrastructure and um, some cattle grids and that kind of stuff so operationally we we have like small windows like I think pretty much February half term, I'm going to be like sorting out fencing and mm. that kind of stuff. So we're operating like machines and heavy plant equipment in that tight window. So we mm. don't have like if you're on a farm, you kind of just do the farming bits and implements when it's needed for the farm. Yeah, but here we've got to work around the context of the learners. But on the on the benefits, it's like you know the whole um constructivist kind of idea is about learning from experience isn't Mm. it so the more experiences we have the The more you learn the more you you learn it's like well there's going to come to a point where some of those cows that the learners might have built a relationship some of them might pass away they might go to an abattoir Mm. you know one day they might come back as burgers yeah i don't think we'll probably go that far with the learners (laughs) at the moment because it's like but i think you know having that experience of having a relationship with an animal mm. and understanding about your relationship with yourself and food and that animal mm. and experience it in that context, in a real life. That's like, really important. You, know, I've, you can think about those things you know, as like conceptually, but then when you're actually fully confronted with that genuine emotion about how do you feel about that, mm. that's when some real learning and some real growing happens yeah and i think you know those kind of things are there are they are important yeah yeah
0: and like our estates team are used to learners of, across all the company wanting to get involved and help aren't they so like they're yeah. quite happy if it's a safe for a learner to get involved and help them with their work
1: they're doing oh definitely yeah i mean the more the more the school is built and created and developed and designed and refined by the learners the better the school is doing for mm. it like that is ultimately those learners taking charge in taking charge of their their learning mm. taking charge in their community showing their leadership mm. skills and having that really invested kind of care if they're wanting to make those impacts like, yeah that's a really good like um what do you call it sign yeah of like success. engagement and yeah yeah, success, yeah. yeah absolutely awesome.
0: Awesome. Um, so everything we spoke about so far does tie in beautifully with our aims that you mentioned at the beginning of becoming net zero, mm-hmm. and also working towards becoming a B Corp company. Yeah. Um, and you also mentioned earlier about that kind of idea of a biodiversity gain or uplift. I, I don't yeah. think I totally understand what that means. Can you explain it?
1: Um. So the, you want to explain how a biodiversity gain works? Yeah, yeah. So... At the moment, let's take a really like straightforward example um, if we've got the monoculture um woodland mm. and that being a single species plantation will only be like useful for a a, a smaller spectrum of mm. animals um or other plants okay so if we if we change that habitat and create that diversity is useful to a larger amount of different animals and plants. Mm. So you've kind of, maybe you've got one species of um, tree, essentially. Yeah. And there might be like, I don't know, half a dozen species it kind of supports. But if we put a management plan and intervention where we thin it out and replant with um some native broadleaf um it could be that we see an increase in the amount of different species that start to come in and make that their their home their habitat and so it would be more useful to a wider range of um and there's also uh it's good to um you know, in terms of disease and pests and what have you, if mm. you've just got like one lump of the same thing, that a disease will wipe pest it all out. Yeah. Straight through. So if you've kind of it you know, it will go through eventually, mm. but it slows down that kind of spread. Yeah. As well. Um there's like a another kind of string to that as well. So there's an island biodiversity theory. Okay. So and this is a cool one for like listeners at home. It's like, yeah, I'm not gonna like plant a whole rewild <laughs> re a whole yeah, kind yeah. of woodland um but the island biodiversity thing if you add up all of the people's like window boxes and gardens and allotments and stuff if you add up if you imagine those as little islands yeah and then if different species can are able to like essentially like commute to the different islands yeah. they actually add up and they do count oh uh, okay so like you really can make a difference yeah. so um remember i was at uni we um went round um bristol looking at different kind of community projects and mm. uh, as part of the course and there was someone there that had um started like a garden award scheme for wildlife oh, and yeah. no one like you didn't no one had to enter it they just went round and like would randomly give like a good certificate okay, to like awesome. these people yeah. and like it might be someone who's like oh, i haven't done anything with a garden." It's like, great it's really scruffy it's yeah. actually really like really yeah. beneficial to these like <laughs> you know, different um, insects and what yeah. have you. So by uh, kind of some people just like not bothering, they've yeah. actually got a certificate for a good garden. Oh, that's which so is, cool. Yeah. yeah. But so, yeah. So hopefully if we make our bit a bit more diverse mm. and then a neighbour or the neighbour's neighbour or something yeah. down the valley makes, you know, a, an improvement for mm. the, like between the two. Yeah. So the other part of the theory is the larger the islands or the combined total of the islands, Yeah. The more species it can hold. Okay. So, um, yeah, you're more likely to go up the kind of trophic scale. Um, so like the apex dominant predators, like your buzzards, where is it, the key yeah. of the food chain or like a lovely barn owl or something yeah. or uh, might be in, the, you know, somewhere like Exeter it might be supporting more of the... Um, uh, seagulls? It, no, yeah, well, seagulls, yeah. <laughs> That's but not thinking, what you're thinking. Um, the fast bird... The uh, falcon, falcon. Oh, Peregrines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah you know those kind of things yeah. so you've got you know don't think that your little action doesn't because it does and it all helps and so yeah, yeah. and it's like a proven kind of ecological theory that's very cool yeah yeah so it's awesome. worth doing
0: yeah well do you know what, it's a really stupid example is uh, i live in obviously a new build house i mean yeah. obviously too you're sat in it but not yeah everyone. but out the front all the gardens have got black railings and um the hedgehogs in when I don't, know, I don't know if the hedgehogs go f- up and down all everyone's gardens through the railings, but if there's fences, they wouldn't be able to do that. But they fly yeah. between so you see them like yeah, but up then, yeah, because gardens. then they're
1: not like the isolated yeah. islands that yeah. no one can like commute mm. between them. So if yeah. you're allowing that now, you've allowed that, so yeah. those all those gardens combined make yeah. one big garden that can garden. Yeah. that can support a larger amount of hedgehogs, yeah. which would you know maybe in the wild then whatever predates mm. on them like a fox or something yeah then you'd have a larger amount of fo- you know And yeah. so that it's all like as much as you can give back to nature yeah. like the better it was
0: very <laughs> exciting and also a massive relief when we kept hearing things snuffling in the bushes and i thought oh we've got rats yeah. we've got massive bloody rats no, yeah and i got the torch and i was like "Oh, it's a hedgehog yeah that's
1: <laughs> like yeah i remember that having a similar experience camping like what the hell because they make they quite like for They're their size. They're quite noisy for a tiny yeah, thing. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. You thought it was something big. Yeah, I borrowing. thought. Yeah, I'm just like you know you're in you know you're dark out in the middle of nowhere.
0: Oh my god! Although <laughs> you did have um, an experience with deer, didn't you,
1: while you were camping? So that must be. I've had an experience beer uh, a bit di- of beer. Deer. <laughs> I've had experience with beer camping and beer, <laughs> and, deer. and beer and deer, um, and I've also had like I was um, down at the. Um, so I grew up near um, Exmoor, mm. and I had an experience. Where I was like, it was really dark. When we had a campfire at the bottom of the garden. It was like <laughs> this kind of like I was like, I think that's a pig. And it's like there's no pig farms or anything no. like nearby. I was yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. my god, what the hell is that? I went inside. I was like, Dad, dad I think I think there's a pig. <laughs> so It's like you know, it's like Crazy Tom again. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it yeah. Um, it turns out there was a wild boar. That's so cool. There was a wild boar farm um, about six or eight miles away Something that for a had, walk. had some escapees, <laughs> and um, yeah, that's awesome. There there were, I wasn't actually crazy, which is no. relief. Which is <laughs> relief. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not hearing wild pig noises. <laughs> not on that occasion.
0: I'm going to quickly go back to the net zero thing. So yeah. I was just thinking about... Obviously, when we talk about, like, the company wanting yeah. to be net zero, we're talking about, like, a company that's spread across, oh, what, 12, 14 sites. And it's got offices and it's got lots of people driving and stuff. Yeah. So in terms of, like, for example, the work you're doing at the South Brent site, presumably that can offset some of the carbon use from yeah printing it can. out too much paper like, or driving. Yeah,
1: and I think we'll just do it as, like, a paper-based exercise. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll like sign up to any particular Mm. kind of scheme because I just you know it's it's kind of like an ethical like you know Mm. what do you call it like minefield yeah I don't fully understand like the ethics behind it yet to Mm. like invest money into those kind of things or you know whether we should be investing money but I think you know and we have to understand the parameter of like what the what we're, you know, are we including everyone's commute to work? Like, yeah. we have no control about where people live and yeah. how far yeah. they want to travel for work. Like, mm. so, but that is kind of like something that happens because you do operate. So it's like, ah, do we do that? Mm. You know, um, yeah, it's a bit of a minefield. But I think we need to do. We need to kind of look at that, and we need to make sure that we're at least enabling people to like do sensible things like lift share mm. and incentivise cycling. We've, in-
0: we've incentivised public transport, haven't we? Yeah. Well, hopefully. I I, I read a, pay, a policy the other day, and I thought, oh look, can you get a, oh yeah, just more like yeah, more tr- mileage costs uh, costs for uh, getting yeah. All the yeah and I think then. we're
1: doing stuff. If someone um, you know, if we're doing a, if someone is doing a, a commute like for work. Okay um not to work but mm. you know as yeah, part yeah. of business um that you know you still get like an extra for the person that you yeah, take yeah, with you exactly. and that kind of it's stuff. Really good, so it's yeah. like everyone's kind of a winner from that. Mm. Um and then obviously like the hybrid working model. So yeah. you know where we're not actually having to deliver as much as we can. We allow people to work flexibly and mm. um remotely as much as possible. Yes.
0: But yeah, so I guess like yeah. where you're doing all these big works at South Brent, it does at least offset some of that. It kind starts of work.
1: to, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I think offsetting in my head should be like the last last resort. Last should we reduce, resort. First of all, yeah, we should be like planting and doing all this stuff like anyway. Anyway, yeah. You know, I mean, just and, and you know, like it's a funny old world we live in, and it, mm. you know, we, I can imagine all these like new schemes and stuff like the biodiversity uplift stuff mm. you know that there's you know there's no perfect scheme and you know it's sad that those developments aren't forced to have like the biodiversity yeah. there on that yeah, site yeah. and if it's not possible it's not possible and it's like well at least at least some like corporate money is moving towards like, the the environment yeah. and, you know so it's more than we had before so yeah. it's a step in the right direction is yeah. it enough i'm always going to say no because I want everything base to be like temperate rainforest yes. and, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, we can just like live like Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
0: Um, is there anything else before we close? That you want to tell us about the site or what we're doing at the site that we haven't covered? Do you think we've kind of hit all the bases?
1: I think we've hit most of the bases. There is one little bit. There is the the marshy bit, and mm. there is. And I haven't seen them yet, but they um biogains have been taking levels and stuff from the river okay and over that marshy bit and are looking at making like little pools and like little like run through bits and they've mm. got some aquatic ecologist kind of person in yeah. to kind of do all that so there's that's there's cool. come like e- um the water ecosystem bit as yeah. well which is really cool that's awesome yeah
0: oh they look le- um i can't talk today sorry <laughs> looking forward to seeing what they kind of discover and find out from there because
1: it's always really interesting so. yeah it is really cool yeah. we put um we had to put some drainage in that went through there for like mm. to support our track and the guys in the estates team they went down with their digger to put all this stone in mm. and then they'd done the level slightly wrong and a bit of the river water started to triple back a little bit mm. and then it hit this hole and it sunk through the hole like below it was like a backwards spring oh
0: that's so cool
1: that's so weird I've never yeah. seen that before in my life where water like, water's disappearing down the hole and the hole was obviously like lower than the river so yeah. like the, some all that like underground yeah. water stuff blows my mind amazing you know I mean? yeah, that's yeah. Really cool. so if anyone knows about what those things are. I'd yeah, love like to please understand. <laughs> like a, what is a backwards spring sinkhole type thing. Yeah. And the official you know, term. Yeah. backwards holes. <laughs> well a backwards hole, but it's like it, it was kind of like it wasn't like exactly was like a round hole, like, no, like yeah, a pipe, yeah. but it was just kind of like percolated yeah. back through. It was so weird. That's very cool. Yeah. Awesome. The things you find.
0: It is amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Thanks for coming after a long day at the office to chat to me this evening. You're welcome. um, I've been asking everyone three questions at the end, but you've already been on the podcast, so I've changed yours. to oh, OK. Um,
1: three new questions. Well,
0: you've actually only got two. Oh, um, right. Two sorry, new questions. Two new questions. All right, cool. Um, but the, well, the first one is an old question, but it's going to be a new answer, because I'm assuming this all sort of change in the last two years, okay. which is what are you reading or listening to right now?
1: Um, well, for Christmas, I got given... I can't remember the title okay. because it's in Japanese and my memory is very poor. Okay. But it's basically like um, like the balance in life kind of thing. And there's a Japanese word for it. Okay. And so I'm reading... It's a bit like that blue zone thing where if you have these kind of elements in your life, you're kind of more balanced, less stressed. Okay. I think there was a subtle hint there from the partner. <laughs> that, that. But so that's been an interesting read
0: Okay.
1: Um. so far. I haven't got very far no. through it, but... Well, it's only a couple mm-hmm. of weeks after Christmas. Yeah, We're but like it's off. it's about like kind of like um, kind of finding your purpose and kind of what interests mm-hmm. you and what inspires you and all those kind of things. You boil it all down yeah. and trying to get the right amount of each thing in your life. Yeah,
0: that's exciting. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Oh, awesome. Um, and my last
1: question for you is what are your outdoorsy goals or
0: outdoorsy things that you're looking forward to this year?
1: Wow, I'm looking forward to making a pineapple apple with you. <laughs> Um, I'm looking forward to learning more about cows. Yeah. And um, I'm looking forward... I had a lovely camping trip with one of my sons. Mm. And so I'm looking forward to, like, building on that. More camping. Yeah. Just... There's just, like, sometimes... I think just having, like, the one-on-one... I think, you know, having three kids, I think Mm. it's sometimes I feel like I'm giving everyone, like, a bit of a third of myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, I never fully give like a whole me a whole mm. time and so i think having that time and space with like one at a time mm. actually over the air just like a little camping trip or something that kind of just have that space yeah. in nature like one to one together mm. i think is that's going to be a yeah. big aim and then if you're up for it <laughs> <laughs> we'll see <laughs> we'll see if we, we might, get if we're injury free and have the time and energy for training i'd love to run across that more end to end yeah that would be, be awesome be cool. yeah it would be cool
0: I like that you're trying to make me commit to it on recorded. We all heard
1: it here for solstice. That would be fun. Yeah, for solstice, or like if it's like needs to be in a colder time so we don't get frazzled, but. Sorry, I got distracted for those listening by my yeah. calendar
0: because the day after solstice is summer is a full moon, which would be a lush day to do it. That would be good. Mm. We'll wait and see, hey? But yeah, that would be good. Yeah. yeah, that so would got be some good. Nice yeah, I plans, need something like yeah.
1: energetic. If I have like a goal to enjoy, mm. otherwise like I stop jogging and then I mm. become more miserable. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Move more, be happier. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Oh, thanks so much for coming to talk to me today.
1: Uh, it's been really enjoyable. Yeah, I think so.
0: Massive thank you to Tom for coming to join me at my kitchen table to talk about the land that we've got at South Brent and uh, all the exciting rewilding projects that are going on there. I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope that you enjoyed listening to it. If you did, as always, if you could like the podcast, rate it, subscribe, do all those things that means that other people will find us, that would be fantastic. We'll be back again in a fortnight with another episode. And until then, thanks for listening.